We started a new series called Seasons. Say Seasons. Seasons. Last week we got into it just kind of talking about what, what, what it looked like for us as far as what seasons are, what it looks like as far as giving, getting involved in all that whole thing. So uh, one of the things I, I, I want to just really encourage you and just kind of get you to, if you don't get anything out of these next couple of weeks, I want you to get this. Seed time and harvest is a spiritual principle that's manifested in the natural. I know that sounds like a lot. Seed time and harvest is a spiritual principle that's manifested in the natural. So if you don't get anything, just grab a hold of that. And so we talked about what it, what it looks like on, on uh, giving and sowing seed. So I'm not talking about tithing. Thank you, Jesus. Right? But what I am, and the reason I'm not talking about tithing is, is if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, you should, you should be tithing. That's, that's a given. We're not going to get into like, you need to be tithing. Like, you're not going to hear that from me, you know. If, so well, I'm, I'm 10 percent's a lot. Well, start where you're at. You know, if you can just if you can just believe God to just be faithful and giving, you know, a dollar, five dollars, whatever that whatever that looks like. Start where you're at, and then just start giving there, and then trust God to get to that 10 percent. As a believer, we should be tithing. So I don't I don't really look at tithing. Anytime we talk about finances, I'm not like you need to be tithing. You're going to hell if you're not going. Tithing. Like I'm not I'm not getting into all that. You should be tithing. I'll just say that. Jesus said you should be tithing. Like he, that, he makes that abundantly clear. But what I like to do is help our believers, help our congregation, our leaders, those that are following after Christ, how to be better at handling the other 90%. So if you think about tithe, tithe is 10%. So that's 10% of what we have should go to God. That should go to the kingdom of God, right? And then we're left with 90%. So my goal is to help you be really, really good at handling and managing your 90%. Okay? All right. Y'all sound super excited. So just a super, a real quick uh, shameless plug. If you want to uh, kind of get where we're at, catch up with where, to where we're at right now. I, did a, um, every, I, I usually share at least once a year about finances. So we did a series a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago called um, Handling, um, I'm sorry, yeah, Handling the 90. So it's about handling your 90%. And then uh, we did a series last year called Going for Broke. And so these are kind of, each of these series kind of build on each other. And so if you want to go back and listen to those, it'll kind of, some of the things I'm sharing will reflect those other messages, if that makes sense. So if you hear those, if you hear something like, ah, oh, go back and you, you can hear those and it'll kind of catch you up and you'll be, oh, okay, I see what you're saying about. When you think about on the tithing aspect, if you're, uh, when you're looking at tithing, so tithing and offering are two different things. Giving a tithe, paying your tithe, and giving an offering are two different things. And if, if you want to know, um, what the scripture talks about and what, what our beliefs are as far as tithing, you can go and look on our podcast. I think it's like episode six or seven, somewhere in there, five, six or seven. If you want to listen to five, six and seven, cool, but you can actually just read and it says tithing on it. And so it talks about what tithing is. Just kind of getting into that. So what we're talking about with seasons, is we're more talking about how we handle the 90 that, we, that we're responsible for. Handling that 90 that that we are made managers of, if you will, stewards over. These are all, stewardship is a churchy word, just so you know, right? So stewardship or managers, uh, things that we're overseeing. And so when you look at that, we're talking about seasons. Have you ever noticed just in life, like people get married, like if some, you find out somebody's getting married and then like somebody, so-and-so's getting married and somebody else is getting married. Like, man, it seems like everybody's getting married. You ever, you ever just noticed that? Like, you're like, man, somebody's getting married. And then it seems like if somebody's getting, uh, if somebody loses their job, then somebody else is losing their job, and then you find out somebody else lost their job, or no, 
It just, it just kind of seems that way when you, you run into somebody, right? He's like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. They're like, dang, you're pregnant, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. Somebody find somebody that's, right? What's going on, right? The stork is busy this last couple of months, right? So, so when, you, when, you look at, when you look at babies, like, man, everybody's having babies, everybody's getting pregnant, somebody's getting a job, you know, and then we run into this whole thing of like, I'm looking for a new job, I got a new job, and then talk to somebody else, they got a new job, and you talk to somebody else, man, I got a new job, or hey, I just started school. And then somebody else has started school, and you're like, man, you're like, what's going on? Like, it just seems like everybody's starting school. Everybody's having babies. Everybody's getting married, right? But we don't realize a lot of times that these are seasons. Okay, right? These are different seasons in our life. And so when we, when we look at, at seasons, a lot of times we don't pay attention to the different seasons. I mean, even in our culture, up until 18 months ago, you had flu season. Up until 18 months ago, you had cold season. Now it's just COVID season, right? So we're like in a season just like COVID, right? And so whenever this season ends, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the next. But the idea is, is that there are seasons that are in place, and a lot of times we don't even really think what that looks like. And then whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, you don't even have to agree with me, but I'll just point out to you that even in your own life, you have financial seasons. You have seasons where everything's going good and You've always got money and nothing bad has happened. And then you have seasons where like you get a flat tire, car breaks down, get hit, get ticket. You're like, man, what's going on? And sometimes you just have seasons where it, and, the, and the older, my, not, not my generation, but the older generation say, you know, sometimes you, it rains and you got to be prepared for a rainy day. And I always thought they meant like raining, like, pennies falling from heaven raining, and they're like, no, like, it's going to be stormy, like, you're going to have problems, you're going to have issues, and it happens, it happens financially to a lot of us, and, and sometimes we're not prepared for the rainy storms, right, when, when the storms hit, we're not, we're not prepared, and so we're trying to figure out what we're going to do when that season of financial turbulence hits, and then we look at other people, like, they never have financial problems, it's not that they don't ever have financial problems, they just better prepared for the problems when they came, okay, let's just start I'm glad I don't have anything to throw at me. I'm waiting for that flying chocolate to come. So when you look at life in general, there's different seasons. Now, I'm going to get into some things here in a minute, actually right now. When you look at seasons, everybody, everything that we have has seasons. There's seasons in our life, you know, having babies, getting married, you know, all these different things, right? But within those seasons, there are systems. There are systems in place that create the seasons in our life. Now, I'm going to get real specific for you. Now, when you think about the body, we have our nervous system, right? When you go to the doctor, you have a nervous system. When you go see a doctor, you have the immune system, right? You got your muscular system, your bone system, your respiratory system, right? All these different systems. You have your digestive system, right? We have all these systems built into our body, right? And the one that most adults love is the reproductive system. I can't believe you just went there. Yeah, sex and money, we don't talk about those in church except, unless you're here, right? So we have all these systems in place, but these systems in place create seasons in our life in everything that we're doing, right? When I, when I mentioned about the cold season, that has to do with your immune system, right? So like if, if your immune system is not built up, what happens? You end up getting sick, right? So we, there are systems that, that are in place, and then these, these, uh, these systems have seasons that revolve around them. So when you think about a little bit broader, right, we have 
we have our weather system, right? We have the ecological system, right? And within this, and within this system, we have what? Seasons, right? So when, it, when things are, you know, when we, have, we have the different um, uh, solstice area, right? So we have the different, the, the time when, when, when it's winter, fall, spring, summer, like we have these seasons, but this is, this is how it looks. And this is, these are set up by God. We don't realize it, but God has set these systems up, right? So if you go even broader than that, you have the solar system, Right, the universal system, but you don't even know there was a universal system. Universal system is basically the universe operating the way it's supposed to. When you break that down, that that's our solar system. So it's even bigger, right? So when you look at God, He's huge, and every one of these things He created have systems, and these systems are what govern our seasons. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? So in the midst of all these seasons and the weather and the marrying and the, and the getting pregnant and the, and the having babies and all this stuff, we have a financial system in the midst of all this. God has a financial system set up, but we, most of us don't really think about it. We don't talk about it. We don't even acknowledge it most of the time because we're so wrapped up in what's called the man system. All right. We're going to get real good now. So there's God's system, and this is a way that he set up a financial institute in God's kingdom. So if you're a follower of Christ, if you're a believer, you, go, you literally have a different financial system than what the world has. And when I say the world, I mean just the way that we do business, right? So most people have an idea of God's system, but they don't really operate in it. We operate in the system of man. So when you think about that, um, and when you think about we go to work, we get paid, we pay bills, right? You scratch my back, I scratch your back. If you, don't, if you want money for the future, you just save it. Are y'all with me? God's system is the more that you give, the more that you get. Say that again. In God's system, the more that you give, the more that you get. You're not buying. You're not selling. You're not trading. You're giving. Right? And this is a hard system. for When, you, when, you, when you've been living in a, in, a, in a culture where it's just about buy, get, and sell, the, the, the thought of giving really, really disrupts your emotions and it dis- disrupts you mentally. You're like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm supposed to give God 10%? He didn't even work for none of this. Wait, 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 wait. God gets 10%? Okay, well, if I give it to the church, how does, it, how does that $10 get to heaven? I, tell me, how does it get to heaven? Because that pastor finna get that money and he going to Starbucks when we leave. I'm just, I'm sharing with you how I used to think. I'm just being, I'm being like, man, I'm put that money in there, man. Like, what you talking about? I used to, me and my wife used to get in, like, knockdown drag outs. We need to give the kingdom of God. He owns everything. What's he need my $10 for? I heard he has cows and a thousand, has a thousand cows on a hill. He don't need my $10. I used to think that way. That's how I used to think. And then I started realizing, like, man, I have to change the way that I think about finances and about money and stuff because I'm in, a, I'm, I'm in a different thought process. I'm in a different culture than what the, the culture that I was raised in, right? And, 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 and when I say culture, the different, the, the world, in other words, anything, anything outside, anything outside the body of Christ and the belief system of being a follower of Christ is considered the world, just, just to clarify, right? And so the, the, the man system is basically um, collect everything that you can, hold on to it, and then collect some more, right? I was at a, at a garage sale, and my, actually my, my son and daughter-in-law were doing a garage sale. My, my grandkids had their stuff. They had it all set out. Man, they were selling, and 
selling all their stuff. And so I asked, I asked my granddaughter, I said, I said, what are you saving your money for? What are you gonna, what are you gonna do with your money? And she said, I want to save it. And then there was a lady that was there. And I said, well, you, you can't, don't just save your money. This is what I told my granddaughter. I said, don't just save your money. Think about what you're saving it for. And the lady says, well, you know, sometimes you just want to save your money. You don't have to save it for any particular reason. And I'm like, well, I didn't say this because I didn't want to embarrass her or create a, a, a big political debate. By, you know, a biblical debate, the spiritual debate. I, I just let her, okay, yeah. But my thought was, well, that don't make any sense. You're going to save just to save? You always want to save for a purpose. God does everything for a purpose. If you're just saving so that you can have $100 or $1,000 or $5,000 in the bank and that money has no purpose, now you're outside God's system because everything that God does has purpose. Everything that God does is for a reason. I mean, well, I've got $14,000. What are your plans with it? I just want to have $14,000. Well, is it, was it for a rainy day? Oh, I'm not worried about a rainy day. i got $14,000. Right? But we don't think like that, but that's literally the culture that, we're, that we've been created to think like. I just got to have this money in my bank account. Why? Just because. No purpose for it at all. Nothing. That would, that, let, me, let me put this in perspective for you. That would be like going down to the Chevrolet house, going down to the Ford house, going to Toyota, buying a vehicle brand new, parking it in your driveway, and just leaving it there. You never drive it. You just got it covered up with a blanket. Right? Nobody can see it. What you got under that cover? It's a really nice car. Why don't you drive it? No, no, no. Just saving it. Why don't you take it out on the road? No, 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 no. We're just saving it. But we don't think in those terms. Right? You go down to AT&T, you get your brand new iPad, get your brand new tablet, get your brand new phone, bring it home, it's in the box, and you put it in the closet. We don't think like that, but that's literally what we're doing with our money because we paid money for those things, right? So if you don't have a purpose or a reason for the money that you're saving, then you're literally just collecting stuff. Okay. See, so you guys are excited about this. So when we, when, we navig- when we understand how God's system works, we understand how the seasons work that he has in place, then we can navigate the world system so much better and so much more effective. Right? Because when we see people, when we see people with things and, and, and uh, they have things and they do things, we, we, get, we get upset or we get jealous or we get frustrated because we're not able to do the same things. And it's like, well, I'm a believer and they're a believer and they, God does things for them that he doesn't do for me. Maybe they're managing their money different than you are. Maybe they're not looking at it just from a worldly or from a man, a man thought process of finances. My, 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 my daughter right now, she's... Um, I'm going to say she's frustrated with me. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to brag on God. I'm not bragging on me. I'm, I'm just going to brag on God. So when, when the pandemic hit about 18 months ago, you know, they shut the United States down, shut the world down right in March in 2020. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, I don't have a job. Oh my gosh, I don't have an income. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Pastor Sella was like, well, welcome to my world. Like I've been living like this for like 20 something years. People are like, what do you do for a living? I trust God, serve God. And then he just makes sure that I have something to eat and food to go to Starbucks, food, money to go to Starbucks. Like I, like I, I, I have gotten to a place, and I'm not bragging about. I'm talking about it's a, it's a relationship. It's about understanding the system, right? I don't I have a zero credit score, but I have zero debt. Think about that. I was in a tight situation where I was like, I needed to refinance my house because I needed money 
things were going wrong with the house. I need to get some stuff. And I was like panic mode. So I, I, like, I have a place where I, I have a financial institute where I pay my house. Are y'all with me? Every month. We've been in this house for 14 years. Are y'all with me? So I go to the bank that has the note of my house. I was like, man, I'm just going to refinance my house. So I go in there. How you doing, Mr. Banker? Listen, I would like to refinance my house. Been here for 14 years, and I want to get a refinance because I'm trying to do some stuff. I want to do, I want to do some remodeling, da da da. Get my whole thing. He's like, okay. You tell this thing. Y'all, y'all heard those phone calls, right? When they call you on the phone. Let me check something here. Right. So he's typing on his little computer, and um, he says, "Well, um, Mr. Lozano, um, we can't seem to find you in, in, in our financial system." I'm like, "Well, I'm, I make my payments here." Well, you you don't have any credit. Okay. He goes, yeah, 2003, you just kind of drop off. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I make my payments here. Yeah, but I, I can't let you borrow any money. I can't even refinance your house. And I'm like, why? He goes, you have zero credit. You have no debt. You don't even have a financial score. <laughs> and I'm like... Cool. Yeah, this is what that, this is what I believe. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I believe this way. I'm like that's how I operate, right? COD, cash on delivery. Well, if you ain't got no cash, I can't deliver, right? And so I'm sitting there in the bank. It's like, listen, I'd love to help you, but I can't because you don't have you don't have a FICO score. You don't like I can't help you. You don't have anything that I can give you. Refinance your phone. I, I mean, I'm paying you. You can't refinance what I'm paying you. He's like, no, we can't do it. Got to check your credit score. Got to have A B C D, right? And I'm like. So I left out of there, feelings hurt, upset, mad at God. You told me to do this, and now I can't get a loan. He says, aren't you glad that you don't have to get a loan? I was like, well, this is not fair. He goes, just trust me, I've got you. And I'm like, I've been trusting you, but here I am. So what happened was I started receiving pressure financially, and I wanted to go an opposite direction that I was called to do. And I'm not telling you, let me clarify this. I'm not saying that you have to do what I'm doing. My relationship with God is completely different than yours. Right, even when it comes to finance, I'm telling you, this is, where I'm, this is where I'm at and this is how I live. So fast forward, three months later, my whole financial situation and crisis was over and I still didn't have a loan. I don't know if I could wait three months. So when all this COVID stuff happened, everybody's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. Same thing I've been doing. Lord Jesus, if we eat manna, we eat manna, but I should like a steak. <laughs> right? And so it's a different thought process. And, and when you understand that there are systems in place that operate the seasons and you understand the seasons work with the systems, then you can actually operate in the kingdom of God and the principles of the kingdom of God and the rules and guidelines that God has set forth for it, set forth for us as believers, as, as a financial manager or a steward over the things that we have, then you begin to operate more effectively in the kingdom of God for the kingdom of God. And now you can be a blessing. But most of us get stuck in the halfway part. We're halfway over here in, in, in God's system, and we're halfway over here in the world system, financially. Are y'all with me? And we can't seem to make that crossover, and we bounce back and forth, and most of it's just because we lack trust. Most of it's because we lack understanding. Most of it's because it's easier for me to manage the 90 the way I want to because I get to say where I spend, how I spend, when I spend. Let me help you. It works that way in the kingdom of God. You get to spend where you want, how you want, when you want, on what you want. But what we think is that we think, well, if I start doing things the way God wants me to do, then he's going to take all my money and I'm going to be working for free forever. 
nah, <laughs> we ain't happening, right? We're like, Mm-mm. I know because I was there. I remember first time, man, we got, this, this was the first time that, that um, we, were, we were serving God and we got our income tax check in and we had 52 kids. So we was balling for two days. And so um, you're laughing, right? But y'all know what I'm talking about. You get your income tax in and you're like, woo, 10 grand. Monday morning, $9, right? And the reason, it, I'm telling you from my own experience, the reason it goes that fast is because I don't know, I, I was having a hard time managing the $9. So it was hard for me to, to manage 10 grand. So we got our income tax in, man, four kids, cha-ching, right? And I'm like, God's blessed us, man. We're good. I'm in church. And my wife is like, we should be given an offering or a tithe. I'm like, blasphemy. We're not giving to the church. They have everything. The electricity's on. The water's running. The toilet goes down. When I flush, they don't need my money. I'm still thinking this. And I'm, I'm serving God, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to be a good, a good husband. Like, I'm not even pastoring. I'm just going to church. And my wife, Pastor Mia, she's like, we, we, need to, we need to give. We need to give something. And I was like, you know what? I'm balling. Pop my collar. Look here. Let me show you what I'm going to do for God. My wallet got one of them brand new, crisp. $100 bills. You know what I'm talking about? The kind that you ain't even wrinkled yet. Right? You get that second, and you're like, the only fold is when you put it in your wallet. You pull it out, and you still smell it. The ink, you're like, woo! It said, Lord, man, look what I'm fitting to bless you with, God. Man, I felt so good about that $100 I put in there, and I was like, bam! And my wife's like, really? $100? $100. We got like four grand. You give God $100. And I'm like, shoot, man, I'm balling. Look, I put $100, and I was so happy. I was like, give a $100 offering today, babe. Give the church $100. I put $100 in there. I was like, yes. And then like a couple of weeks later, guy was like, I'm glad you're happy with what you did. But that's nothing in my sight. And I was like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right? And so this is how we think. We get into this mode to where we're not, God's not working on our behalf. We're working on his behalf. And that's not, that's not how it works. Everything that we're doing is we're, he's doing things for us, even though we're doing things for him. And the word of God says that we're partners, we're laborers, that we co-heirs. In other words, we work together with him. And, and the thing that we struggle with is not understanding the seasons that we're in, not understanding the financial season that we're in, not understanding where we're at financially to where we can get where we want to be. Right? You don't get seed from a tree unless you plant a seed. Hello. We all just want to sit under the trees and never go planting. We want to just sit under the trees and never cultivate and hit those trees to grow so that somebody, watch this, so that somebody else can enjoy the shade that was provided by God by the seed that we sowed. Well, you have to think further out ahead. So go to Ecclesiastics. We're going to get spiritual. We're going to go to church real quick. Enough of the motivation. Ecclesiastics chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. It's a whole lot. I'm going to try to read all this without stumbling. It says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under the earth. Now, let me say this again. I didn't say this. This is what God said. But listen to what he says right here. First one. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. For everything, there is what? For everything, there's what? For everything, there's what? So it's not matter if you're living, you have to figure out what season you're in. For 
everything there is a season. It don't matter if you're old, gray, or just getting your white butt because you just you, 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 you come out the womb. Like, it don't matter. There's a season. It says everything, there's a season, a time for every activity under the earth, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and to ga- a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear down and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. Oh, don't get me going. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden of God has placed on all of us, yet God has made everything beautiful for his own time. Whose time? His time. Our problem is that we want everything done on our time. Every, for everything, there is a season. And then you jump down here and it says, listen to this, for God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternally in the human heart, but, every, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to end. So I conclude, there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can, and people should eat, drink, and enjoy their fruits of their labor, for these are the gifts from God. See, here's the thing. If you're not, if you're not seed time, seed time and harvest, if you're not planting seed and you're not harvesting and you're not doing the work in between, then you'll never reap the benefits that God has for you. You're just working in vain. Constantly working in vain. Constantly working in vain. Constantly paying bills in vain. Constantly paying this in vain constantly buy, selling, and trading in vain, and you never get to see the benefits of God's grace and love and mercy in your life and the blessings of his life that he has for you, the blessings he has for you, because we're just literally going. It says this, it says, and I know that, I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. What is happening now has happened before. And will happen again in the future. And it's happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again because he has systems in place and seasons in place. You're not going to be broke forever unless you just think poor. Then you're just going to be poor. Poor is not a financial situation. It's a mental situation. Poor is not a financial situation. It's an emotional situation. If you think you're poor, then you're going to be poor. There's a difference between being broke and poor. The difference is, is how you see it, right? You're going to have tough times. I didn't say you're going to have tough times. The Bible said you're going to have tough times. And anybody that's been around on the earth long enough, be like, you're enjoying it, but it's going to get tough. Make sure you're ready for the tough part. And then when you're going tough, ooh, I know it sucks, huh? But it's going to get better, right? We hear this all the time, but we never realize that it's God is the one that placed the seasons and the systems in place. And when you get lined up with his seasons, and when you get lined up with his systems and his, with his systems and his seasons, guess what? You're never surprised when the storm comes. And you're always happy when it's harvest time, when the blessings are coming. You just, you're rocking and rolling. In other words, Jesus said this. He says, freely, freely receive, freely we give. Right? So if you think about the seasons, it says everything, there is a season. Our problem as believers is that we literally have to get to a place where we figure out what season we're in. Because when you figure out what season you're in, now you know when to plant. Now you know when to store. Then you know when you need to harvest. Are you following me? But our problem is we're harvesting when we should be planting. 
or we're, we're storing when we should be planting, or we're trying to harvest from something that we never sowed, something that we never gave, something that we never planted, right? And so we get in this thought process. Now, when you look at, when you look at this, is every season. So this means that we have to step back and go, okay, what financial season am I in, right? And, and some of us are going like, man, my financial situation right now is so jacked up. I ain't got enough. I don't even have enough money to pay attention, right? Like, I can't even, I don't even have common sense right now because I don't have two pennies. Like, we're just, we're just in a financial disarray. Now, watch this. Because of the financial situation that we're in globally, nationally, statewide, citywide, we're going, man, I'm having a tough time financially. But when you're in the kingdom, when you're operating in the kingdom of God's systems and seasons, everybody else will be having issues, but you won't. And the reason you won't, because you're operating in a different system. Whenever, that's what I'm saying. Like, whenever everybody started having issues, I'm like, I'm good. I don't know what I'm going to do for money. I'm good. Let me show you how good I am. Let me show you how good God is, not how good I am. How good God is and how good we did as a church. When all this stuff started happening financially, everybody's losing their job. Now, listen, people are losing their jobs. They're getting laid off. They're not working. All these different things. Did you know, and I'm just going to share this as a blessing, testimony to God, that our giving at Riverside Community, uh, Riverside Community Church increased? Like we had more money come in in the last 18 months than we had in the years before. Now, in the natural, in man's system, you're like, how in the world can a church have more finances to do things when everybody else is having issues? It's because we operate in a different system. We operate in a different season than, than everybody else does. Right? And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I had the thoughts like, man, everybody's losing jobs. How are we going to pay rent? Like, that's my thought. Are we... We got to turn all electricity off when we leave, flip all the breakers off. Like, we got to conserve energy. And I was like, no, we're not thinking like that. Our God supplies all of our needs, right? He takes care of us because we believe Him to take care of us. We operate in His system. And we've been going. I'm not bragging. I mean, that's God. That's literally God. That's the people that are obeying God and operating in His system. Are y'all with me? Now, go over to 2 Corinthians. Now, I'm going to get in your business a little bit. Can I get in your business? Okay to get in your business? Just a little bit? Financial business, just a little bit? I'm not going to look at your bank account. I'm not asking for your FICO score, but I'm getting your business. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Now, we talked about paying tithe, giving your tithe. So a tithe is 10%. So believers should do that, okay? So, but what the opposite of that, or not the opposite, an addition to that is, is offering or giving or sowing. Are y'all with me? So we're not talking about tithing. We're talking about what happens after that. So if you're tithing, you should be tithing. But on top of that, your tithe does not account for your harvest. Man, that make, make me want to run around. Your, your tithe does not account for your harvest. You only get a harvest from what you plant and sow. If you ain't planting and sowing, you can't expect a harvest. Now I'm gonna really mess y'all up. If you're not tithing and you're if you're not tithing, and you're planting and, uh, planting and sowing, you're still not going to get a harvest. Let me say that again. If you're not tithing and you're giving offerings, in other words, you're giving offerings, sowing seed, giving offering here, and you're not still seeing a harvest, it's because you're not going to, because you have not put first things first. Are you with me? You don't see a tractor trailer, just trailer running out, right? You have to put the, you have to put the, the, the truck in front of the trailer. Are y'all with me? 
So if you're saying, well, man, I'm having financial situations, well, you have to look and say, okay, am I tithing? If I'm tithing, am I giving offerings? Am I sowing seed? Now, when you think about sowing seed, sowing seed is a term, it's a farmer term. It's what's used to plant, like you're planting. You put this in the ground and it produces fruit. That's sowing, right? You give. Now, when you sow, you don't get anything back until later. Put it in the ground and you have to wait for it to grow, develop, flourish, and start producing fruit. Are y'all with me? So if I put an apple seed into the ground or I put a lemon seed into the ground, it's going to take it. Listen, this is a natural. This is just plain old natural farming instructions here, right? Y'all with me? It, it takes anywhere between four to five years for that apple to start producing apples. Most of us is like, yo, I want to put seed in the ground, push three, 30 seconds, and bing, I got, I got apples. God doesn't work that way. You got to put it in there. Then you got to make sure that the birds don't come get it. Then you got to make sure that it's not dug up or washed away with the water when it rains. You got to make sure that that seed is protected when you put it in there. Okay, we're getting excited now, right? It's like, man, this is a lot of work. Hello. I just read that he will bless the work of your labor. It takes work not to go in there and pull that seed out. It takes work to have to wait five years. Can you imagine putting in and waiting for five years? Baby, I got an apple seed. Man, we put an apple tree. I bought an apple seed, right? You show up and you got, I bought an apple tree. And you show up with your wife and she's like, what is it? Right here. That's a seed. No, it's an apple tree. Put it in the ground. Two years go by. Where's the apples? It just, I got a stick in the ground. It's coming. It's an apple tree. No. You've been smoking too much. Like, that's, that's a stick. Like, no, it's an apple. It's an apple tree. No, no. Five years later, you're like, one apple. Yes. Right? You get all excited about one apple. You're like, woohoo! Apple! Not enough to make jam or a pie, but we got an apple. Year two, three or four apples. Right? So you're, 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 you're seven. You're eight. Handful, a little basket of apples. Year nine, a big two baskets of apples. But when you get about year 10, 15, you're going to need a trailer for apples. That's how God operates. That was the hardest thing for me to understand when I started understanding how God's system worked. I would, I would listen to these preachers and pastors and folks. They've been serving God for years, years, man. They're like, oh, yeah, man, I, I put a $1,000 check in there, and, man, God blessed me with $2,000 for it. Like all these big numbers, I'm like, bro, I gave $100. Can I get 10 of it back? Right? And I realized that God operates in the same way as us. It's not, we have to grow our faith. We have to, be, we have to believe God. You're not just, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to walk in the same faith and the same thing in the same way that I believe God for things. Don't, don't go and quit your job. Like, well, Pastor Solo just, you know, he, he leads the church and, and God provides for him. So I'm gonna quit my job and, 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 and I'm gonna just trust God. You're gonna get in trouble and get evicted. Don't do it. They're gonna come pick up your truck. Well, God said he provides. No, you got to get there. It's a journey. It's like that tree. Like It takes time to get there. But when you get there, you're no longer thinking about planting apples. You're thinking about giving out apples. You're thinking about what apple season's coming. Oh, where are we going to take these apples? Who's going to get these apples? How can I sell these apples? Where can I give apples away? Right, so you start thinking different when you know that the apple tree is producing apples. But when you just got a seed, it's hard to believe that God's going to do anything with it because you have to wait so long. So, 2 Corinthians, are we there? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 10. It says, remember this, 
A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get generous crop. You must each decide, this is the part that we don't like, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or, or response to pressure, pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything that you need and plenty of it to share with others. Now watch this. You don't have everything that you need. Let me rephrase that. You will not have everything that you need. And you will not have enough to give to others unless you're sowing seed. Are y'all with me? We have, let me keep going. I'm trying to calm down. Y'all got me worked up over here. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Man's system, listen to this, man's system says this, go and get all the seeds that you can and you literally become a seed collector. You never plant anything. Watch this. That lady was saying, just save your money for what? If you're just, if you're just saving money, then you're not a seer. You're, not, you're just collecting seeds. You're not a seed sower. You're not really a farmer. You're not really operating the kingdom of God. You're just collecting seeds. Are y'all with me? Okay. It says, we don't, it says, um, it says, for God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and bread to eat. It says, in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest for you. So we have to understand that, that if, we're, if we're just seed collectors, in other words, if we're just concerned with having the right amount of money in our bank account and we're never sowing, we're never giving, I'm not talking about tithe. I'm talking about sowing, giving. If we're, not, if we're not doing that and you're thinking, man, why am I always in a financial situation? Because you have no seed in the ground. You're not putting any, you're not putting any apple seeds into the ground, so you'll never eat apples. You're always going to have to go buy apples. Hello. But when you start sowing, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking, I have to clarify, I'm not talking about tithing. Don't get it twisted. Like tithing is tithing. I'm talking about besides tithe. That's once you tithe, then you start, then you start giving offering. Then you start sowing seed. And so then this is where you hear pastors and ministers say, you know, make sure that you're giving and, and sowing into this ministry and giving to this area and giving to that area. And as you're giving and as you're sowing, then the harvest comes. But if you don't sow and you're not, if you don't ever sow and you don't ever give, you'll never see the blessings of God's harvest in your life. You'll just watch everybody else and you'll get mad at God. And we literally turn into Cain, because that's Cain's problem. He was just mad because his brother Abel was being more blessed than he was, but he was withholding from God. Hello. And so you have to understand that it's, it's how we give. It's the process how we give. So man's system, the world system says, just be a seed collector. Collect all the seeds that you can. Don't give it to nobody. Just collect it. Now, here's the, here's the part that we have, to, we have to understand also, is that if you're not sowing, how can I say this? If you're not sowing in your time, if you're not sowing in objects, items, products, goods, this is tangible things, are you following me? Or you're not sowing in money, then you'll never reap in that, right? So I'm, I'm going to share a story. She doesn't know I'm going to share this, but I'm going to share it with her. She'll, she'll find about it later. So when 
uh, one of my daughters, this is, this is when, this is a long time ago. So this is when laptops were first coming out, right? This is when they were like fat. You know what I'm talking about? The big fat laptops, right? Like they weighed like 400 pounds, really big. And my daughter, she wanted a laptop. And I'm like, daddy don't buy electronics and tries to keep mom from buying electronics. Notice I said tried. I said, I'm not buying devices. I'm not buying video games. You can believe God or sow seed for that. So my daughter, she literally would sow seed every week in youth ministry because she wanted, she was believing God for a laptop. I want a laptop. And so she would sow seed. Every time she got money, she would pay her tithes and then she would put money in the offering. And I'm, I'm believing God because I'm, I'm going to get a laptop. God's going to give me a laptop. And, and then one day I got a phone call. Man, this lion clock. I got a, one day I got a phone call and and this guy calls me. He says, hey, I have a question. He says, yeah. He goes, do any of your kids have laptops? And I was like, no. He goes, would any of them want a laptop? And I was like, well, there's one of this one kid that might want a laptop. And he goes, well, I have this old laptop. I just got a new one. And I was trying to figure out what I want to do with it. And I just heard to call you. Like, I just like, man, let me call him and see. And so, yeah, I said, my daughter would like a laptop. He goes, Can I, is it okay if I give it to her? I said, yeah, because I'm not buying it. You won't give it to her all day, but I ain't buying it from you. You're good. And he's like, okay, I want to do that. So he showed up to church, and he gave her her laptop. She was in tears because what she was believing God for actually showed up in the natural. What we want to do is we want to go buy our blessings. We don't want to give anything. We just want to go buy it. Look what God blessed me. He didn't bless you with that. You went and bought it. That's the fruit of your labor, your money. That's not God working on your behalf. Right. But when you understand that, listen, if you're not giving financially, if you're not giving with your time, if you're not giving with your talents, if you're not giving with products, items like just tangible things, if you're not giving, then you're not going to ever receive anything. I'm not talking about selling. If you sell it, you you if you take something, if I say, hey, you know, I'm going to sell you this bottle of water and I get my I get my five dollars for my bottle of water and I like, man, I got my five bucks. You're, that's not a blessing. I mean, I'm not, that, that is not seed being sown. You didn't sow that. You sold that. Think about that for a second. Well, let me bless them. Well, it's only a blessing if you give them something and you don't get nothing back. That's when you're sowing seed. That's when you're believing God. But if we're not ever doing that, if we're always just selling what we have and like, well, God bless me because I sold that. No, you just made a business transaction. Okay. Now, that's what I want to do. Where's she at? Uh, Britt, you ready? Okay, so it tells us in the scripture, go ahead, you go ahead and do that. It tells us in the scripture that says that, that God will give you seed to the sower, right? It says he will give seed to the sower. So what she's going to do is she's going to be handing out you some seeds. Here's some seeds for you guys. Seed to the sower, right? Well, if you don't get a seed, that means you're not a sower. No, I'm joking. Everybody's going to get some seed, Right? Oh, I got some seed. Wow, what are the odds? I got both of you singing. So when you look at that seed, if you flip it over on the back side of that seed, on that seed, that package of seeds, so when you look at that, it says this. In red, it should say so. Somewhere in there, does it say so? Somewhere on there, it should say so. It says so, listen to this. It says, so seed in a sunny location. This is what mine says. In a sunny location after the danger frost. It says, earliest harvest seeds may also be started indoors four to six weeks before becoming outdoor planted. It said, and it says guarding, uh, says guarding hints, and it talks about. So then right above that, it says this. It says, days to germinate, 10 to 15. 
depth of sow. In other words, how deep do you sow that, right? And then it says the uh, spacing, how far do you put that? And then it says growing height, tells you how grow it is. And it says, uh, it says the type of seed it is. It says annual, right? But on the bottom of that, it tells you the region. Listen, it tells you the region and the times to be able to sow that seed. And it's different at each time. Now, listen to this. We're looking at this in the natural. Are y'all following me? This is exactly what the Bible is telling us. There are some times that you need to sow, and you need to sow when the sowing is good. Are you following me? And then there are some that you just need to wait because the harvest is coming. And then there's sometimes that your harvest is coming. Oh, this is ugly. I love you. Sometimes your harvest comes from all the seed that you've sown, and you're not ready or prepared for it, so it just goes right out. We call that income tax season. Income tax hit, man, got that income tax, splurge, 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 but you don't realize that was your harvest and you didn't have a place for it to go, so now you just spent it. Six weeks later, you're in the same exact financial spot that you were before. Are you following me? We have to think about this. And this is what he's talking about. Listen, one thing I learned about income tax season, for me and my wife, income tax season was not spend season. It was sow season. Because that was money that was already mine. Listen to this. That money was already mine. When you get your income tax, that's your money. They just made $100 million off of it. I don't want to get it. That's a whole different number of financial situation. That's a whole different financial sermon series. But when you get that income tax money, that money, you don't, you don't have to tithe off your money. But you should be given an offering because that's a harvest. That money came in. So now if you don't have any plans for it, guess what happens? Take five-day all-expense-pay trip to wherever. Come back, still got to work, and you're broke. Because we did not understand how to harvest properly. When a farmer harvests, he has trailers. He's got, or what do you call those, uh, combines. He's got all this stuff. And so he's, he's going out to get it and not just to store it, but to store it for, a few, for, for just a little while so that he can dispense it. In other words, when you get that, when, when your money hits, anytime you have money hit, extra money hit, side hustle comes in, that most of the time is time for you to start sowing seed. So when we got our income tax, it wasn't splurge, it was sow time. This is where we start, we're going to start sowing here, we're going to start going here, because we know that that, that income tax is not going to last 12 months. If you're really good, six months. Most of us, it's a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not judging you, I'm telling you, I've, I've been there, we've been there. You understand what I'm saying? And you have to change the way you are. So now listen, listen to this. So on these seeds, it had, it, on your seed that you're giving, it says, the scripture says that he will give seed to the who? So if you don't have any seed, you're probably not sowing. Okay. Pastor Sula, can we go now? No, not yet. So have you, have you ever, guys ever heard of this before? Farmer's Almanac. I was trying to find one at Walmart the, uh, uh, yesterday. And I went out and said, hey, I'm looking for the farmer's almanac. The guy's like, what? What is that? I'm like, you're way too young. Uh, it's a book. And I started explaining to him. He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm shopping at Walmart. I'm not shopping at another place anyway. My point being is that the farmer's almanac comes out every year. And what it does, it gives you the weather conditions of the previous year and the years before that. So much so that it literally gives you the forecast for the next 12 months. You might have sowed from you might have sowed or planted your 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 um, your seeds in March 1st to 15th last year, but you're gonna have to move that back up 
to the 20th to the 21st of this coming year because of the way the weather was. Now watch this. In God's terminology and the way that God's system says, okay, listen, this ministry comes through there or somebody's asking for a donation. Say, now look here. I sold there last year and it wasn't very good harvest. Do I want to sow there again this year? Are you following me? See, one of the things that they say during our offering, I don't know if you ever noticed it, they say, they say that we're good ground, that Riverside is good ground. A good ground means it's going to produce what? Good harvest, good fruit. The reason I know we're good ground because I'm looking at everything that we have. I'm looking at, at, at things that we're doing. We're not just good stewards, we're good ground. And we have good stewardship is good ground. Don't just, uh, uh, there's scripture that talks about, it says, don't, don't cast your pearls to swine. In other words, don't just give your money away. Think about where you're planting it. It tells it, it tells it these seeds, listen to this. The seeds specifically say, plant here this time, this depth. Like, it tells you how to plant it, right? They, they get this from the scriptures. Like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Like, okay, I need to sow this. If you see somebody in an area that you're struggling with, sow seed there. Let me say that again real slow. If you see someone struggling in an area that you're struggling in, sow seed there. Okay. Driving by, somebody's broke down, cars broke down, I will pull over and I will help them because now I'm a blessing before I was sowing seed. Think about what I just said. Before, I would pull over and help them because I was sowing seed because why? My car was breaking down all the time. It's like every time I turn around, my, mom, my mother-in-law and father-in-law could tell you that. There was a season, long season. It's like every car we bought broke. I was like, man, I got a lemon tree and I didn't even plant no lemons. Anyway, okay. Buy a bad car. Buy a bad car. It's a lemon. Don't work. Anyway, so bad joke. Pastor joke. I just showed my age. So sorry. But when you think about sowing seed, think about where you're planting. Think about when you're sowing. Think about who you're giving to. Think about the ministry, the nonprofit, wherever it is, families, whatever you're sowing. When you start sowing that seed and you continue to do that, you'll begin to see God moving on your behalf and you'll start seeing a harvest to where now you're, watch this, now you're sowing seed without having to plant. God knows how many apples are in an apple seed. But if you can get that apple to start producing apples, you'll never have to worry about planting another apple seed. Now you just get apple seeds. Hello? You're not going, man, I need an apple seed. You're like, no, you're just giving out apple seed. Because every time, you watch, ooh, this is so good for somebody. Every time that you hand somebody an apple off of that tree, you're not just providing for their meal, you're giving them seeds to sow. And the word says that he will give seed to the sower. Some of us are so busy eating apples and we're just spitting out the seeds. We're just consuming all the time and we never sow anything. And that's what he wants us to do. So listen, your almanac is your Bible. Figure out where you need to sow. Figure out how you're going to do finances. How can you be a better manager? And when you begin to do that, you'll be able to navigate the world's financial system way better than the way that the world operates. Because they have their financial system, but it's going to look different. It's going to be, it's going to be completely different. So just, just understand this morning that as you're given, it's not... It's above the tithe. It's above what, what God expects for us to give, the tenth. It's, it's everything after that. It's like, well, Pastor Cello, I just, I just need a dollar to sow. Man, listen to me. I'm just going to be real with y'all. I, I pulled up to, uh, and I'm finished. I pulled up to HEB, and I was putting gas, and this lady comes up. She says, her car was on the side of the road, and she says, uh, can you, you have any spare change? I'm like, man, I, ain't, I, don't, I don't have no cash. She goes, I just, I just need some money. I said, listen, I'll give you all the change. That's what I said. I'll give you all the change in my cup holder. I, you can have it. 
Okay, so she and I, we get in there, we start digging in a cup holder. Now she probably got about $20. And I was like, why did I say that? Like, I'm like, court, you know, you don't know what I'm talking about. We used to be in the money. Was, and she was pulling out, and I was like, and then I was like, well, here's all the silver. All I have are pennies. Can I have them? Yeah, you can have the pennies too. And I was like, no, yeah, you can have the pennies. So we grabbed, I mean, and they were nasty. You know how those, those cup holder changes, and they're just stuck together. You don't know, like, you don't know if it's snot or, or syrup, right? You just, right? And, and, and when she left, she probably, she probably left with like 25 bucks worth of change, right? But how many times have we been in that place? Right? I always say this to married couples. I said, until you're scrounging and you're trying to, to find some money to buy some bread, you ain't struggled. How much you got? I got a dollar fifty. That's enough for half a cake, right? <laughs> so when you when 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 you think about giving, when you think about sowing, listen, we're called to be sowers. We're called to be to be givers. And if if you're struggling with this area, listen, just you you have to begin to you have to begin to start trusting God more than you trust yourself financially. That's where I had to struggle. I, I wanted to I wanted to manage everything, but when you can understand that that He can manage, if you just if you take His guideline that He's given you, like. This is when you need to sow. This is my tithe. Like you, you start operating under his system and you begin to trust him more than you trust your own financial understanding. You actually begin to be a blessing to yourself, to your family, people that you know, and you're not even thinking about the money. You're thinking about how it can be a better blessing. How can I help somebody more? What can I do? And you're not just saving money to save it. Now you're saving it for a purpose. Does that make sense? Because I used to get frustrated. People like, well, I'm just looking for some place to invest my money. I'm like, man, I just invest in me, bro. Let me have some money. Right? That's how we think. And I had to change my thought process, which was this. Quit trying to get with somebody else and learn how they got it. Say that again. Quit trying to figure out how to get what somebody else has. Figure out how they got it. Learn how they got to where they're at. And I guarantee you, most people that are uh, doing well in their finances, they're tithers and they're sowers. They're both. They're not just one or the other. Amen. Did y'all get something this morning?